Hello, good evening and welcome back to the Bunsley Show. Hope everyone's doing well this evening and uh, is ready to kind of tuck in to a nice uh, nice segment about what's been a brilliant weekend of Bundesliga football as per usual. Uh, Mark, how are you doing this evening? Yeah, not bad at all. Yeah, it's been an incredible weekend in the Bundesliga this week, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely brilliant games. Yeah, still getting over it, really. It's actually been a bank holiday here in Germany for the, the, uh-huh. the German National Day, the German Reunification Day. So, yeah, just been like chilling, really. And yeah. And what about you, Rory? Yeah, all good, my side. Uh, still getting over the, the last-minute drama uh, that <laughs> occurred in Wolfsburg. That was quite unpleasant and, and indeed getting over a rather miserable day for, uh, weekend for all my football teams, uh, which I shan't mention. Yeah. Um, at least we won the second half and that's what matters, isn't it? Um, anyway, Bundesliga football. Uh, of course, tonight's show, we are in partnership with the brilliant Bundesliga boxes. Uh, and as we mentioned during... Uh, watch along on Friday. You can now head over to Bundesliga Boxes and get yourself a Christmas box pre-ordered. Uh, they're live on the website. And indeed, if you go, if you want to get to the website, you can go through Twitter as well by searching Bundesliga Boxes. Fantastic company. So make sure you go over and get yourself sorted ahead of Christmas. Uh, and on top of that, please indeed do like, comment and subscribe uh, to the channel so you don't miss out on the brilliant content that's coming out. We've got match day vlogs uh, from the Football League. We've got Bundesliga content, the Football League World Show, Spanish content, you name it, we've got it. So please do comment along if you're watching live. Let us know your thoughts on the Bundesliga action so far this weekend and smash a like on the video as well. So uh, over to you, Mark. Do you want to quickly just lead us through the scores from the weekend and then we shall get right on with our featured four analysis? Yeah, definitely. So obviously starting off with our Friday night watch along, it was that 4-0 win for Bayern over struggling Leverkusen. Moving on to Saturday, another 4-0 win for Leipzig. Not so much of a surprise this time though over badly struggling Bochum. Freiburg getting another win to go uh, joint top, actually, now. They, they got a 2-1 home win over Mainz. FC Köln in a classic 3-2 win over Borussia Dortmund, uh, consigning them to their third defeat of the season. Then, obviously, Frankfurt getting that battle at the top, a 2-0 win, consigning Union Berlin to their first defeat of the season. Then moving on into the evening game, it was that 5-1 win for Werder Bremen versus Borussia Mönchengladbach. And moving on to the Sunday games, we had um, yeah we had that one-all draw between uh, Hertha Berlin and Hoffenheim. And then, you know, one of the, the best games of the weekend, it was Schalke 2, Augsburg 3. So, yeah, what a weekend of action. And let's start off with um, one of the best games of the weekend. It was that 3-2 win for Wolfsburg over Stuttgart. Obviously, Stuttgart still without a win now in eight games. Obviously, five of them have been draws. So, they do have, um, obviously, eight po- uh, five points on the board. But before the start of play, both sides only had five points from the first uh, seven games. But now, obviously, Wolfsburg have eight from eight. The table looks a little bit better for them. Obviously, climbing to 13th place. Stuttgart, once again, in that kind of bottom three where they spent most of last season as well, finally coming out on the last day. It seems like this season is going to be the same. But yeah, as for the game, you know, I mean, it was a case of Stuttgart missing a lot of chances, really, wasn't it? And a couple of goalkeeping errors, really, I would say, for Wolfsburg. You know, obviously, that man, Gurassi, who looks quite good to me, actually, he gave Stuttgart an early lead after both sides have missed chances early on. 
But then it, the, the lead lasted only about 30 seconds after former Stuttgart man Omar Mamouche hit a really good shot, actually, into the bottom corner. Not that much that Florian Muller could have done, although it was at his near post, so maybe he could have done a bit better. But probably the big talking point of the match, really, was when uh, Maxi Arnold let leash from about 30 metres out. And, you know, I think I'd have saved this one, in all honesty. I think you were probably Rory, too. And, you know, Florian Muller, he kind of goes for it with his hands like that, but it just bounces off his hands and ends up in the back of the net. And it's just, it's not good enough goalkeeping, is it? That, that's 2-1. But actually, Stuttgart did hit back through Mavropanos from a good header on the stroke of halftime. So it was 2 all at half time. Garassi struck the bar again in the second half. Really unlucky, actually. Should have been... He seems to hit the bar a lot, doesn't he? And Stuttgart haven't had the rub of the green at times. But sure enough, just as we're going into injury time, Gellart gets on the end of a cross and puts the ball into the back of the net for a 3-2 home win. The first home win of the season for Wolfsburg. Only the second of the season. So, Rory, what do you think? I mean, obviously Stuttgart, no win in five. Is it going to be a long season? And what did you make of this match today, this weekend? Uh, well, it was the first half that was very uh, kind of end-to-end and quite exciting. I think the second half was a, a lot more docile as both teams were quite nervous about going for the win or not. Um, yeah, I, I think obviously looking back on it now, you know, the, the main thing that sticks out is is obviously the Florian Muller uh, error for... Uh, Arnold's goal, uh, which obviously is a howler. He, he's, you know, he's really lost his confidence and dropped form. He can make these really good saves, but at the same time, his concentration seems to dip as well. Um, from a routine shot from Arnold, hit well, but you know, yeah, as any goalkeeper should be saving that. I don't know if he underestimates it. I, I'm not sure you can defend it. Uh, but at the end of the day, that error is the difference between you know, getting a point or not, uh, all these things kind of add up against Stuttgart at the moment. Uh, and they're not playing badly. I'll keep on saying it. They are not performing badly on the pitch, but they just have forgotten how to win games. Um, you know, Mavropanos' goal was a, was a nice, nicely worked short free kick. Uh, the first goal had an element of luck in it, I guess, where Ito's kind of cross was deflected into the into the path of Girassi. Um and we yeah, as you mentioned, we struck the bar. Uh, I think it was Silas actually who, who uh, hit the bar in the second half. Um Endo had a really good chance as well. Mavropanos had another shot. So there were certainly chances for Stuttgart as as they were for Wolfsburg. It, you know, it was a really entertaining game. To concede like the way they did at the end of the game was so disappointing because a, a draw wouldn't have been a terrible result for Stuttgart. It would have kept them outside the relegation zone. Um, albeit, we obviously that Schalke loss as well uh, and the heavy defeat for Leverkusen, which you imagine are going to climb eventually. So right now it feels like Stuttgart or Schalke for the second automatic relegation spot. And that's quite a horrible feeling. Um, Wolfsburg, hugely important win for them. Uh, they, as Nico Kovac referred to, they did. They hadn't been doing a lot of the basics of football in terms of the passion, the hunger, doing the basics of football, working hard off the ball, and they did a lot more of that. Um, but again, if Stuttgart could have defended the lead that they got in the first half a little bit longer, the crowd, who were quite quiet anyway, would have got even more quiet. Not much confidence in the team, and I think. 
Stuttgart could well have grown into the match and won it, but conceding so quickly afterwards was a, a killer by Marmouche as well. It had to be, hadn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting that you mentioned the crowd as well, because, I mean, Wolfsburg fans are not known to be like the strongest home crowd in the Bundesliga. And I think, yeah, Nico Kovac does have to win them over, doesn't he? And he's not doing that so well at the moment. But this is obviously the first home win of the season. Next weekend, they play Augsburg away, which a game I will be at, by the way, actually. Uh, Next year, Augsburg v Wolfsburg. Yeah, so, yeah, looking forward to see them playing live. Obviously, Augsburg, we'll talk more about them later, but they're one of the form teams of the league, so it could be a good game. You never know. Both sides going into that on a win. Yeah, just a couple of questions as well in the uh, chat. Yeah, from Ballum, one of our regular viewers. Yeah. Watch along from you two in the Dortmund and Bayern match on Saturday in the Leipzig and Celtic match too. Yeah. Oh, you're very demanding, Ballum, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we'll definitely have some more watch alongs coming for you. But we don't usually do the games on Saturdays because obviously they aren't televised in uh, Germany. That's the problem. So, yeah, it's uh, that, that's a slight problem. I think it is, it is a Saturday afternoon game, isn't it? Or is it Saturday evening? Presume it would be the Saturday evening, like if it's Saturday it. evening, yeah, it's possible. But I think if it's Saturday daytime, yeah, we'll have to double check that one. But yeah, the, the Leipzig Celtic match, yeah, we, we might have to have a think about that one, Rory. And we'll, we'll let well, you lots know of good, we're... yeah, lots of good suggestions, Balam. We'll certainly take them into account and see what we yeah. can do. And we definitely have a lot more watch alongs. We actually had a good conversation about that, and we've got some more of them in the pipeline as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I think also, yeah, another point from Palom on this day in 1990, West Germany and East Germany ended 45 years of division. Yeah, I think you put that very well. Yeah, it is, it is actually a big day here in Germany as well, the day of the unification. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, if any of you know about the history of Germany, it is a very important day here in Germany. So good that Palom also knows his football and his history as well. So, yeah. <laughs> Great. So, yeah, let's swiftly move on to the next game of the weekend, which was, of course, the Köln v Dortmund, which was a 3-2 classic as well. Yeah, I mean, this game was a, you know, we, we often use this cliche, but it was a classic game of two halves, wasn't it? I mean, in the first half, Dortmund could have been well clear. If it wasn't for that man, Daniel Marlon, who had a bit of a stinker in truth, missed, a, you know, a hat full of chances and just still isn't quite able to you know, turn his time at Dortmund into a success, really. And it was a, a poor performance from him. But they, they did go in the break ahead. And it was through that man, Julian Brandt, got a, on the end of a good move to put them 1-0 ahead. But they missed, as I say, a, a host of chances. I think in the first half, Florian Kainz, who went on to have a brilliant second half, he fizzed a shot just wide just before half time. But yeah, basically in the second half, they just nailed it, really, didn't they? The... The home side, Florian Kainz got on the end of a good move to make it one all. Tigues headed in a corner just a couple of minutes after to make it 2-1. And then probably the form man, really, uh, Lubacic, uh, knocked a brilliant effort from 25 yards past um, Maya, you know, and then all of a sudden Dortmund are wondering how the hell are we 3-1 down after dominating the first half. They did get a lucky consolation through an own goal from Benno Schmidt, which kind of looped up and over Schwabe. But yeah, I think overall, Köln, on the back of that second half, they deserved the win, Rory, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They're a completely different team coming out um, in in the second half. Um, I think Stefan Baumgart promised a uh, a festival of football prior to the game and um, well 
the first half wasn't quite quite that for the home side. They they really didn't turn up, or or whether you kind of give the credit to Dortmund because they they were equally very impressive in the way that they played football, being led by you know uh, at the forefront of it by captain nineteen year old captain Jude Bellingham. Uh, the Englishman being given the nod uh, in Marco Royce's absence. Um, I think he did a really good job as well. And of course, he set up the, the first goal for Julian Brandt and some nice footwork by by Brandt to uh, wriggle his way through um, to put Dortmund ahead. But as you mentioned, one thing they'll be kicking themselves about is is they weren't clinical enough. Um, obviously, Daniel Marlin had a, a number of chances to... Um, to make it two or three nil. I think Adiemi had a really good chance as well in the first half. Schweber was equally good in net. Um, so yeah, it was incredibly important that I think it went in a one nil. You could already feel maybe the nerves of, of Dortmund as the second half came out because you just know that Coleman at some point under Baumgart, they will turn up in a match. Um, it was a similar sort of thing to when Stuttgart played Coleman because Stuttgart really dominated uh, Cologne in, um, in the first half until until they got a red card, of course. But then the pressure came on. They turned up. They realised, OK, we, you know, we need to impress. We, you need to do better here. So, you know, everything they did, the goal, yeah, uh, from Kynes swept in really nicely. Great, great move. Um, going back to basics, a corner, nicely flicked in by Tigues. And everyone was talking about, you know, the Modest derby. Uh, obviously, Anthony Modest coming back to, to his old club. And... He he was the kind of the passenger really, and Tigger showed his his aerial prowess, and, and maybe you know Dortmund will be kicking themselves a little bit for letting him go, uh, but obviously you know it's one thing that made sense at the time, and yeah, R- Rolter you know has deflected cross back into it for a little while, but uh, yeah, it's one of those games of Dortmund would think, how did we lose this in the end? But all credit to to Cologne for that second half, and and it's one of them, the game won them an incredibly important three points, and. And it keeps Dortmund off top spot. And yeah, as a result, the, the the black and yellows will be kicking themselves because they had a great opportunity to go uh, top of the league uh, over the weekend. And uh, it's yet another opportunity that slips. I think you probably question a little bit of the management, game management again, maybe by Terzic. Uh, he's still quite young and inexperienced in that regard. Um, so yeah, there's not a tremendous amount of positives to take for Dortmund, but now that the now that we're into this really manic period of playing football, it's going to be you know twice a week, uh, all all the time relentlessly for them. So they've just got to pick themselves up and go again in the Champions League, and hope that they can start to get some more steady form and be a lot more clinical because that's obviously the key thing in this game. Yeah, and as you say, that is three defeats out of eight. Now it was a problem last season as well for them. They won a lot of games, but they, you know, they couldn't grind out those draws or they couldn't grind out those kind of gritty wins. And once again today, you know, they just they still don't quite have that backbone, do they? Despite the fact I think Uzkan has done really well when he's coming. Obviously, playing against his former club as well. A lot of people yeah. forgot about that. There were two players in the Dortmund side that were applying the trade for FC Köln last season, Özcan and Modest. I think Özcan has done really well, but Modest is just he's just having a bit of a nightmare out there, really, for Dortmund, didn't he? I think he's got one goal in eight, ga- eight games just in the league, and I think if you include the Champions League, one goal in ten, which is simply not good enough when you're replacing a guy like Erling Haaland, is it, really? But, 
you know, I think there are positives for Dortmund to take out of the game. And they played well in the first half, but it's just they're not taking the chances. And then they're always likely to concede at the, the other end. You know, I think it was, it was a legendary second half performance from Cohn. You've got to give them a lot of credit. I mean, they had nine shots on target in that second half against Dortmund. It's just ridiculous, really. And to be honest, they could have won easier in that second half. I, I think Maya made a few good saves on top of the three goals as well. So, yeah. Brilliant from Köln. That, that was probably the, their best performance of the season for me, especially in the second half. And, you know, they're going well again. They're, they're in seventh, only one defeat, probably a few too many draws. But if they can start turning a few of those draws into wins, it could be chasing for Europe again this season. And, you know, fantastic job by uh, Baumgart, despite losing two of his key players from last season, obviously. So, you know, their train just keeps running, doesn't it, really? So, yeah, let's move on to uh, the second game, which is, you know, a wonder game for one team and a nightmare for the other. And it's quite ironic because obviously we had uh, Manuel on, didn't we, for, who was a big Gladbach fan. And we were saying how well they were doing under Daniel Farker. And, you know, it seems as though the, the commentators curse, so to speak, doesn't it? Because <laughs> this was the definition of an absolute horror show from Gladbach. I mean, they were literally 3-0 down after 13 minutes in this game. And it's just... Uh, you know, and full credit to, to Werder Bremen. You know, we've talked a lot under um, Olive Werner, just how good they've been, really. And, you know, most of the games, they kind of come in strong at the end of matches. But in this match, it was a, they came flying out of the blocks from the first minute. And they already had a couple of chances by the chance that Nicholas Fulkrug has been absolutely brilliant this season, I've got to say. There were big question marks over the whether he could t take his good form in this fight or into the air to... And he's absolutely done it so far. And I think he's been brilliant. He got on the end of a good move from his uh, strike partner, uh, Marvin Dutch. You know, again, Dutch is another player who's got had a little bit of criticism for his finishing, but he has actually done a lot of good build-up work as well this season. And he eventually got his first goal of the season after, I would say, some pretty questionable goalkeeping in this case from Jan Sommer. He kind of tackles... The striker literally like tackles him with a slide tackle and the ball goes straight to Marvin Dutch, who basically just has an open net. You know, the big celebrations, obviously, he's finally got that monkey off his back with his goal. You know, I think his performances have been better than his goal tally, to be honest. And when you've got a guy like uh, Fulkrug, who's banging the goals in left, right and centre, then, you know, he's a pretty good uh, side act, really, to the main man. And it was that man again, um, uh, Fulkrug, who got on a... Got the third goal through a good move again, just tapping into a pretty much an empty net, really, wasn't it? Then, actually, Gladbach did have a couple of good chances through Lars Stindl. He had two chances and he couldn't quite find the back of the net. Should have been putting at least one of them away. If he could have put one of them away, you know, and go in at 3-1, then maybe Gladbach might have had a chance of pulling something back. But soon, soon after that, a ball comes in. And then what is Rami Benzabaini doing? You know, he's another player that the Gladbach fans have been really happy with this season. But he ends up just like kind of sticking out his leg and back heeling the ball into the back of the net past Sommer. And at 4-0 after 37 minutes, it was well and truly game over, wasn't it? Gladbach did reply through a good finish uh, from uh, Marcus Turam to make it 4-1, but actually it was Werder who had the final say again, and it was one of the best players of the season as well, Mitchell Weiser, my fantasy football hero. Like Every week he's been getting me like 15, 17 points minimum. He ends up getting his uh, first Bundesliga goal for Werder Bremen to make it 5-1. And, you know, the big, big celebrations at the Weser Stadion at the end of the game, Rory, and what a performance from Werder Bremen. 
Yeah, they were brilliant, absolutely fantastic. Um, obviously, at times had to soak up a little bit of, of Gladbach pressure, but um, yeah, I, I do feel like maybe the cur- curse of the show has, has struck once more. With uh, I do feel sorry for, for Manuel because obviously we had him on the show uh, and we were laxing, uh, sorry, waxing lyrical about um, about Gladbach, um, about how these kind of mystery performances had kind of evaporated from from their being since Farker had taken over and just the week after we have him on the show, that happens. Um, yeah, uh, maybe they just weren't ready for what Verda were going to bring. Uh, they were so, so like um, on it from, from the first whistle, as you mentioned, three goals up within 13 minutes. Full crew uh, has been a revelation so far this season. So, so good in the air, but all his other kind of, Parts of his game looked to have improved significantly since his his last spell uh, with Verda when they got relegated two seasons ago, uh, to which he didn't have as good a time. You know, it's the first time that Bremen have have seen off Gladbach for a long time, as you can see. Um, so, a really important win for them. Uh, I think their first win at home as well this season. So, you know, it gave the fans an amazing um, kind of evening to watch. So, yeah, fantastic. Um, Obviously, some questionable defending by Gladbach. Ben Sabaini, obviously, the own goal is just crackers um, under no pressure whatsoever. It's a good cross again, full crew. You, you can take credit for it because he got an assist and two goals and practically a, a second assist with the cross. Um, I think there's a communication thing there. You know, why is Sober or why is the centre backs not telling Ben Sabaini that he can bring the ball down? He can do anything. There's no pressure on him whatsoever. Um, so that that finish, I mean, it was a good finish by him, but in the wrong net. Um, typically, as probably a lot of people have brought him into their fantasy team as well. Um, so obviously the own goal, but the third goal as well. There's just a long, hopeful ball forward by by Verda. The Gladbach defence allowed the ball to bounce, bounced over the centre half, and then bounced in an awkward way to Ben Sabaini, who tries to head it backwards to Sommer, doesn't have enough power on it. So uh, through on goal goes Dusk, but he does well to turn, hold the ball up. And then, as you mentioned, Mark, set up his, his strike partner, Fulkrug, who's getting all the, you know, all the plaudits for, for his goals, top goal scoring the Bundesliga. Like, there's a lot to be loving right now for Werder Bremen. And, um, you know, it's something that we probably looked at in our um, pre-season shows about maybe would they get enough goals? But they've been the complete opposite, haven't they? They've been... Unreal going forward, so dangerous. Vies are getting forward and scoring goals, like just playing on the break, sucking up all that pressure from, from Gladbach, um, who really should have made it 4 2 or 4 3, really, with the chance that they had, weren't clinical enough. And Verda just came out, so yeah, we'll suck a punch, we'll get our fifth, and we'll be away with the three points. So, amazingly impressive performance. Uh, it was really entertaining game to watch. As much as the scoreline was one-sided, Gladbach did have a lot of chances, as you mentioned, Mark. So, yeah, thoroughly entertaining um, Saturday night football. What, yeah, what more could you uh, could you want from that? Yeah, and as you say, like uh, Werder Bremen, second top scorers in the league with 18 goals from eight games. Like nobody saw this would be possible, you know. But a lot of that's got to go down to Oli Werner, the manager. Like he's been absolutely brilliant, you know. And it, they play some really good football. Like some of the goals they scored were really, really good. You know, it's not like they're just getting like scrappy headers off corners. So 
the football is really good, especially from full Krug and Dutch. And obviously, Visor have been like the kind of star men, but it's been a great effort, you know. And they actually could easily have more points than they do at the moment. I think Verder and the very, very, very good start to the season, I would say. And obviously, eighth place that was a third win of the season, only two defeats. And you know, I don't think they're going to be anywhere near the relegation dogfight by the end of the season for me. Okay, yeah, just a couple of comments as well coming in from Ballon. Yeah, Mainz linked with Wolverhampton today. So, uh, obviously, uh, Bo Svensson, the Mainz manager. I thought Rory was taking the Wolves manager job because he speaks Portuguese. Is that right? Or... Um, <laughs> I, I don't know where you've got that one from, Ballon. I, I presume he means the, that Bo Svensson speaks Portuguese because I certainly do not. Um, oh. <laughs> obrigado, obrigado. Obrigado, yes, that's probably how far it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I don't see him leaving minds personally. I think he was actually linked with Brighton, supposedly. But I think, uh, Rory, do, do you see any truth in that one? And if so, do you think that Bo Svensson would be tempted by Wolves? Or do you think he'd rather um, stay in the Rhineland Falts with Mainz? I mean, there would be a temptation of sorts, I'm sure, but I, I can't, I don't see it happening at the moment. I haven't seen any more concrete rumours since the last few hours, at least. Um, but there's obviously an appeal to it, but why Why would you move away? Mine's a, the project that he's done at Mine's, the work that he's done at Mine's is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't anticipate it being you know, too overly appealing, but, you know, money talks, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, uh, interesting kind of rumour, as they always are, but uh, for me at the moment, I, I hope he stays put mm-hmm. at Mines because, you know, they've got a lot going for them right now. Yeah, I think my he's got a kind of job for life, really, at Mines. He's one of those kind of managers, but I guess, like, the money will be a lot better at Wolves, you know, obviously. Mines, not the richest club by any means in the Bundesliga, and Wolves, you know, I think any team in the Premier League would be able to easily double or even triple his wages, to be honest, so that could be a temptation, but I personally hope he stays at Mines, really. Yeah, anyway, you're, you're going to beat him to it anyway, Rory, aren't you? So. Well, yeah, no, yeah. I'd, I'd, take, I'd take the money and run myself, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you better still come on the Bundesliga show every Oh, Monday, yeah, no, anyway. I'd stay true, stay true to the pods. Yeah, stay true to the show all the time, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, let's move on to the game of the weekend. And what a game this was. This was a Sunday night treat. And for me, this is like... This just sums up the Bundesliga in a, a nutshell. Like, I think nobody would have looked at this game and thought this is going to be a classic, but it really was. This was an absolutely brilliant watch. Two sides who were just like, they were tearing pieces out of each other. Like, I just love how Enrico Martin, I think I said it to you, Rory, how he's just got, he's turned them into right, like, you know, they're an absolute, uh, a terrible team. I We'll probably get censored, but yeah, they, they've turned into <laughs> a horrible team to play against, but in a good way, you know, like a side that, you know, in the past would kind of like give up at times, wouldn't they, in the past? But nowadays they fight for every single ball, my uh, Augsburg. And as you say, in this game, they were 2-0 up, like within around about 20 minutes. And you think it's going to be another comfortable win, Three wins out of three. But, you know, Schalke, for what they lack at times in quality, uh, they do make up for in effort, I think. You know, and they did get back into the game before halftime through that man, Tiroda, who, to be fair, he's another one that a lot of people thought, can he step up from the spider? I think that's his third goal of the season so far. So he's doing a half-decent job. Not quite as well as full crew, but he is doing some kind of job there. 
But obviously, yeah, um, the, the home side also got level as well uh, through a slightly fortuitous effort from Tom Krause. It did deflect, but it was a really good move, to be fair, from Schalke. Then the big moment, it looked as though it was all falling apart for Augsburg when Berisha, who, by the way, I've got to say, looks a good signing for them. Like He really had some fight, but this time he did go a little bit too far and he ended up getting a, a second yellow through a kind of elbow, really. It was one of them where it was probably a right decision to give him the second yellow, and he was off after 71 minutes. Mainz were going, uh, I keep saying Mainz, but Augsburg were going absolutely crazy at this point. As you can see, Demirovic got booked, Gumni got booked soon after, and you think, you know, it's just a matter of time before Schalke go on and win this. But no, it was the other way, and it was a really well-worked goal. Gumni with a nice crossing, and Andre Hahn, as Ballum said in the comments, he's turned into a bit of a Bundesliga legend, like a cult hero, really, in the Andre Hahn. He headed it home really, really well to the huge celebrations on the Augsburg bench with Enrico Marsen. You know, he's really kind of like instilled a passion into that club, which maybe they didn't have for the last couple of years for me. And, you know, I just absolutely love Geekovic at the moment. He's turned into an absolute badass isn't he literally like every time they win a game he gives it to the fans of the other team behind the goal like Polter went over to him and like dragged him away they've turned into like the kind of like the crazy gang Wimbledon of the Bundesliga a little bit nowadays or the Stoke of more recent times you know they really have like they but I love it to be honest you know Augsburg are a side that I never previously enjoyed watching until this season but I've watched a few of their games now this season I, I do enjoy watching them you know they play a little bit more football as well but also they can get stuck in and really kind of you know I think Demirovic was brilliant and he's been good all season Berisha was good but unfortunately he's going to miss the game when I see them next week which is a pity yeah. because I do like the look of that Berisha Demirovic uh, partnership it's a little bit different to what we usually see from an Augsburg side who are more like direct in most cases aren't they obviously last season they had Grigorovic who moved on to Freiburg and has done well for them but I do believe this this partnership has made them a bit more attacking and a little bit more entertaining to watch but what would you make of this one Rory I mean what what a win that is in the end for Augsburg really yeah tremendous win really uh, and you know the goals that they scored um you know are of a high caliber as well I mean the second goal from Demirovic the like just so, how coolly just kind of like glides the ball in off his left foot first time from the cross like he was just doing it you know in the park with his mates like it was so nonchalant about it um so really really classy and i know we were talking about like towards the start of the season about you know the the trade that happened between Augsburg and and freiburg obviously the gregorovich switch with Demirovic, and we were saying, oh, you know, the ultimate winners out of this are Freiburg, great bit of business, but they both now scored four Bundesliga goals each. Yeah. Um, so they are, you know, starting to prove on both sides that they're quality players and that they're fitting into a certain system. So it looks like a win-win for both teams, which is great because you don't often get that when you have swaps or things like that between certain teams. Um, but yeah, again, when they went down to 10 men, you just expect them to fall apart or, or for Schalke to go for the win. Um, hugely disappointing that Schalke, you know, didn't get a point from this game. They'll be absolutely gutted about that because they showed, as you mentioned, great fighting spirit to get themselves back into the game. You know, and to road again on the score sheet. Um, so, and it was, yeah, like you mentioned, it was a bit of a nasty game. Yeah. You know, as you can see on the screen, there was lots of bookings for, uh, you know, for unsportsmanlike behaviour. Lots of kind of aggy moments. So. 
yeah, it was it was a really interesting game to watch and brilliant for a Sunday afternoon to really kind of fire fire you up, really. Um, but yeah, hugely important for Augsburg. I think the one thing that we always say with them is um, we're worried about them scoring goals because uh, obviously they scored eight goals in eight games now. But I mean, if you take off the three the three that they scored this weekend and indeed the one that they scored against Bayern, which you might not necessarily expect them to score. That's four games across. Sorry, four goals again across six games. If I can get the words together, <laughs> which obviously is ultimately a lot less. You know, it's not. It's under one goal per game. So you know they've increased that now, and they need to keep on working on that um, and keep on being a really hard team to beat. Uh, and as exactly as Balam has mentioned in the comments, Augsburg simply don't get relegated, or they just they just you know they hate it so much they just somehow don't do it um and they just got the talent for it they pick up these wins and you think oh at the end of the season how did Augsburg not get relegated but you look back on it you say oh these wins these brilliant wins like this might be the win that keeps them up you just don't know come the end of the season like how important will that header be from Andre Hahn who knows but thoroughly entertaining game and it was a brilliant way to round off a magnificent weekend of unbelievable yeah, and three back-to-back wins for Augsburg now. It's not often we say that. But as I say, I agree with some of your points, Rory, but I do believe they're kind of developing as a side under Martin. And like they are early on in the season, they didn't start well, did they? I remember they got absolutely thumped by Freiburg at home on the first day. And it, they looked like it was going to be another typical Augsburg season. But just this last, especially the last two performances, and also the win at Werder Bremen, which was very, very gritty as well. And I just think... Mm. It yeah. could maybe set the sides a little bit higher than just staying up. Maybe a mid-table finish is possible this season. I think they are currently in 10 with four wins from eight games, you know, and a few of them have been really impressive wins too. So they won away at Leverkusen, they beat Bayern Munich. And, I, you know, I, I just see what I see at the moment is very positive for them under Enrico Marsen. But got to say, as for Schalke, I mean, this is why so many people were happy to see Werder Bremen and Schalke back in the Bundesliga, you know, that this kind of entertainment that absolutely packed out stadiums like 50 60,000 every week no matter how the team's going you know this is why like a lot of people are so happy to see them and why a lot of people said that both of these teams need to be in the Bundesliga and you know probably you'd add Hamburg into that and yeah I couldn't agree more really you know if, if you compare their atmosphere to say a Wolfsburg you know what I mean with all due respect to Wolfsburg you just can't yeah. compare it really you know what I mean? And it's like, this is why these kind of fans like push players on to produce these brilliant performances like we saw from Werder and Augsburg this week. So, yeah. Okay. So I think that's pretty much everything for this week. So, yeah, if you enjoyed what you saw on the Bundesliga show, then remember to check out uh, our Twitter at Over the Bar FB and at Over the Bar Extra. Also, our um, otbfootball.net, which is the main centerpiece of our work. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We're slowly getting towards 700. We'd have, we've had a good week of subs this last uh, seven days. So, you know, keep recommending us to your friends and stuff if you enjoy what we do. And, yeah, we'll see you on Thursday again for the Fantasy Football Show. So, see you then, guys. Here's all.